So this morning we're gonna be fighting. Are you guys ready? Um, you guys didn't get a spiritual memo, right? That you guys should come with your boxing gloves. Um, anyway, I need somebody to help me with this. I need to. I get me. So, uh, so today the title of today's um, uh, where are the, where, where are the young people in there? I don't see their face. Uh, I, I need them to. I need to. I need comments, please. Like how my how my punching goes because you know you guys know I have. Okay, I will not wear my glasses so that they don't punch my face. Right? Okay. I get to this. So you today we want to do some um, kickboxing class, right? Because today I'm going to be teaching you guys how to fight for your life. Amen. Yeah how to fight uh for your life but before the battle the, before the fight really starts um i think we should pray and then again so i have my assistant with me today who's going to be helping me to remove my my boxing gloves you know today is a is an amazing day i mean today is a day of fight amen so i uh, thank you my assistant while we while i get my boxing <laughs> yeah come on and i'm gonna go flex and then do some push-ups then we get into it amen. amen if you push me in the face i will really turn it <laughs> amen and let's pray father we thank you for this morning in the name of the lord jesus father we thank you for what you're going to be educating us on this morning regarding a fight for our lives father we pray that our eyes of understanding will be enlightened for us to see how the enemy is trying to take advantage of us and, try and knocking us out of the of the ring and we'll learn how to hold our ground, stand our ground in righteousness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about fight for your life, fight for your life. Right. Why am I talking about this this morning? Um, there's a constant battle and fight between the forces of good and forces of evil. And when I say good, I'm not talking about moral good. I'm talking about the force of righteousness, the forces of good, and the forces of evil. We're going to be taking our key text from the book of Ephesians chapter 6, uh, from verse 10 to verse 12. And I, I will make reference to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as well. And we put all of these things together. So my mission today is very simple. First of all, I, need, I want us to understand that, I want us to recognize that we're in a warfare. We're in a warfare. And when I say warfare, I, I, please bring your mind back home don't allow your mind to stray into the religious warfare you might be familiar with, where you are fighting demons, you are fighting powers, you are telling the devil to die, somersault and, somersault and die, and all manner of things that people do. And the question is this, you know, for many ministries, a number of ministries that are built on this fall down and die, fall down and die, how well are people in these ministries experiencing victorious Christian life on a, on a consistent basis? Papa Egan will say to you, if you keep coming back for a deliverance, it means you were not delivered in the first place. So if you keep coming back to church, they keep inviting to the deliverance service. Every Sunday is deliverance, every week is deliverance, and they expect every one of you to come for deliverance service. It means you guys were not delivered in the first place. But we know in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 that God has delivered us from the power and the dominion of darkness and moved us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So there's a deliverance that you already have in Christ Jesus, and there's another kind of deliverance, which is not a state you should live in. So what I mean is this, the other kind of deliverance, which is, you know, being um, delivered from the captivity of the enemy in terms of your soul, in terms of your mind, or one area of your life, should not be something you should live for. I don't believe any ministry should be, should be primarily focused on deliverance personally, and I'm not... Um, I'm not targeting or attacking any ministry, right? I don't believe any ministry should be solely based on deliverance, call themselves deliverance ministry. 
in, in the sense that the, what they do is they invite people to the church and they power town them, they beat them up, they tear the fall down and die, they tear, ask them to cough, all those kind of things, even open doors to demonic attacks in people's life. And we have countless examples of what people have experienced because of the exposure to those kind of practices. So please bring your mind back home. Don't think, don't think this uh, message or this teaching this morning will be focused on you and how you fight the devil. That's not our mission this morning, right? So I also want to, I also want to help you recognize what the battle looks like. What does real battle looks like? What kind of fight are you into? Do I have my boxing glove on? Now, but the question is, do I have any spiritual force that I'm fighting? So. I know, I'm aware of certain practices where people go to church and they will ask them to come with an object and to fight the enemy, right? Unfortunately, the guys you're asking to come in and demonstrate, so, so they come to service to simulate fighting the enemy, right? As a person who took some kickboxing classes, looking at how those guys were fighting back then, the, you know, the enemy will, will punch them because they don't know how to duck, they don't know how to, in all those kind of moves, they don't know how to move, move them. So most of them, if they are, but to fight with the enemy was to be physical or to be simulated or demonstrated with physical expression, and many will be dead because the enemy understands kickboxing very much. Even boxing has been doing this for centuries, right? So I don't think on the physical ground, on the on the on the, on the on, on the ground of physical combat, I don't think any believer can match the enemy when it comes to fight. So when we believe, when we when we relegate spiritual warfare and fight to how much this gesticulation you can do, punching the walls, the devil will beat the hell out of you. No, no, it will beat the hell into you and beat the righteousness out of you. Amen. So do we wonder why many Christians are not experiencing victory? Yes. Do we know why? Maybe because they don't understand what the battle really is, right? So I also want to talk to us about what, what the, where the battle is going on and how to eventually fight. Let's get into it. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, 10. Your phone, thank you. Da, 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 da. So let me take, I'll take it from, I'll take the King James. So verse 10 reads, Finally, bread, my brethren, talking about believers, right? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's take it again. Finally, my brethren, brother and sister, it means, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the old armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So Apostle Paul is telling us here that there's a battle, right? There is a battle. Let me pull up my notes so I can guide us and uh, don't preach you guys. So there is a battle, there's a warfare, and it talks to us about something about the enemy, which is the wiles of the enemy. 
and also talks about it also talk he also tell us about the guys we wrestle with now the guys the paul states we wrestle with there are not human beings he calls them principalities powers rulers of darkness spiritual wickedness in high places wicked spirits so how can you physically beat something you cannot see with your two eyes or how can a medication destroy the works or the power of spiritual forces that you cannot see let's get practical a little bit here so let me let me let me say a few things about this uh warfare now when we talk about fighting right i'll say warfare we're talking about making an effort to to stay alive and fulfill god's plan you know when we say when i say fight fight for your life with i'm talking about you know making every effort to stay alive and when i stay when i say stay alive not not in the sense of death, cessation of life, whereby you no longer live in your human body. Amen. So when I say stay alive, I'm talking about living that victorious Christian life. Living above depression, living above anxiety, living above fear, overcoming those evil desires that want to ruin your life. So to a very much extent, many of us do not understand that those evil desires, those evil imaginations, those constant raging thoughts that try to hold you captive, you guys don't, many people don't realize that that is the real battle. Let's turn our Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. We'll read from verse 4. Now, the Bible says there that, okay, I'll, let's, we'll take it from verse 3, please. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war, which, which means we do not fight as, of, as the world does. So when the world, and when I say the world, I'm talking about people who are unsaved, right? When the world fights against attacks of the enemy, they use medication, they use therapy, they use some all manner of psychological method to fight. Or some do physical, some do some. Some use some. Um, I can't. I get the illustrations are not really coming to my mind this morning. They use different kind of carnal, physical means, sensational therapy, yoga, all kind of stuff to defeat the devil. You know, to that's how they war. You know, you know, they just look for every coping mechanism. If you listen to therapies, all if you listen to therapies. They will ultimately. Oh, let me re, let me retake that. If you listen to therapists, they will lead you in a path, in a path where they encourage you to cope with it. So they 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 help you to live with it, to live with that situation, to live with that depression. Amen. So the world fights in a way. <laughs> Unfortunately, many of them don't even realize it's a battle, it's a spiritual battle. They just, what they see is they see the attack, they see the problems in their life. But they use many schemes and many human methods to, to cope, you know, try this, you know, maybe, you should, like, like I mentioned, you got earlier on, and all manner of stuff. 
So that's what verse 3 is telling us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 here. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have what? They have divine power to demolish strongholds. And when we say strongholds here, many Christians, especially from religious background, believe strongholds are. I can't even. It's been a long time I've been in this, in this, um, in these settings. But uh, if I can remember, it, it, one of the ways to define strongholds is the operation of darkness in a particular area. So they go into those areas and they start praying, breaking down strongholds and trying to destroy strongholds and all kind of stuff. Uh, some people even go as far as uh, going on a mountain. You know this mountain praying thing, right? To be honest with you, maybe some people think they need to get closer to God. The higher they go, the closer they get to God, the more powerful the prayer is. All those things, with all due respect, are rubbish. I was going to be very much nicer this morning, but let me call it what it is so that people can feel offended a little bit and start thinking, right? I'll tell you the truth. I've not been on the mountain to pray. I'm not trying to insult your mountain praying. I get, I'm trying to tell you something. I've never been on the mountain to pray, right? And I see, the, I see some dangerous results. And for that reason, I will never go on the mountain to pray. I think you can go on the mountain to pray if you want to have some, you want to seclude yourself. You want to seclude yourself from everyone. But to think it's, it's on the mountain that the prayer will be answered. You have just deceived yourself and they've deceiving you. And the question is, have you been seeing consistent results in your prayer life as you go on those mountains? Let's be very honest. Amen. It reminds me of the man who used to, I'm going to come back to this guy. Just, just, let's, let's get into some practical sessions here. I remember a man who used to um, deceitfully collect money from people and quite a number of preachers do that. So, when they want to call for demonic offering, I, I call it, you know, tell people to come and give a thousand pounds so that they can get a million in return so that God can bless them. So some st silly sacrifices, right? Um, when, they go, when they go to these places to give testimony or someone would pay the sacrifice or would sow the seed and got result, most of the time, the percentage is irrelevant, it's insignificant. So a man goes to a place, so ask people to come and sow a particular seed and people came to sow a seed, and one out of a thousand seemed to see a kind of result, even a result that the man of God himself cannot verify how they got there. Then the man of God goes around all over the world telling people that, you know, I did this, I, I raised this kind of offering, and this person did this, this person did that. Believers, let's learn to be intelligent and think. Amen. So all those, I'm just trying to challenge our theology this morning so that we can begin to think right. Praise God. Let's carry on. Right, so... We do not fight like the world does. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. So when we, you say strongholds, they try to think about what the Bible refers to as strongholds. Now, it said, verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself, sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Watch this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. We take captive every thought, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Make it obedient to Christ. Every thought. So when we talk about warfare, what the Bible is referring to as warfare is thoughts imaginations 
So the battle, taking it further now, the warfare is not in a geographic location. The warfare is in your mind. The warfare is in those desires. The warfare is in those imaginations that are being raised against you to make you believe you are not who you are who you are not who God says you are. Amen. Are the, is, the young people are the young people getting me right now? So when you have some demonic desire, filthy ungodly desire that wants to hijack you, hijack your emotions, that want to, you know, depression. Let me give them the depression anxiety. Because I have kids in the in the church today, there are certain things I cannot say. But adults, we can tell you know so sensual and ungodly and feel the desire that wants to control your mind. Though many adults, even young people, I guess I'm I'm just being um, disc- uh, using my discretion here because I don't know how much parents have taught their kids, and also because I'm aware that some parents actually watch these messages, our uh, services with their kids. So adult, you know what I'm talking about. Teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. The things your colleagues tell you in school, those filthy, ungodly desires, those wicked imaginations. These are the these this, this is how the enemy fights you. The real battle we fight in our life is not the is not the fight of fighting off some demons, some powers in a geographic location, like I said earlier on. There are those imaginations and thoughts that are contrary to who God says you are. Amen. Now, First uh, Timothy chapter two, verse eleven. Bible is dear friends. I hold you as foreigners. That's not Timothy. It should be Peter. I'll check it. It should, be, it should be first Peter, uh, first Peter 2 11. So, dear friends, I hold you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Is this Peter, Peter right? It should be first Peter. Let me check. 2 11. Yeah, let me check. Oh, first Peter, there we go there. Yeah, First Peter 2 11. Fantastic. So, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Now, guys, when we say so, we're talking about the seat of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So, what I'm trying to say is this forces of darkness are out to destroy anything that looks like Jesus, anything that identifies with Jesus. Right? And that includes you. Amen. That includes you. And how they go about it is what Paul refers to in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go back there. Ephesians 6, verse 11. So put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles here refers to strategies, tactics, cunning ways, deception. So how the enemy attacks you, which is the reason why many people, okay, how the enemy attacks you is not very known to many Christians. Amen. Many people will be rebuking the devil, I ban the devil, I rebuke the devil, I ban the devil, every, every demon or every power from my father's house, from my mother's house, who is against me, but truly and truly. The Bible says that you have been delivered. Your position in, as, as a believer is that you have been delivered from the power and the dominion of darkness. That's your position as a believer. 
Amen. That is your position as a believer. You have been made free. You, are, you have been delivered from the power and the dominion of darkness. So if there's anything that is holding your life captive, it's either you cannot recognize the oppressions of the enemy to keep you captive. And when I say captive, I mean anything that does not allow you to enjoy the freedom that God has given to you. No one should be in the bondage of any substance, any addiction, in any way, shape or form, sexual food or anything anything that hijacks your will anything that controls you is not from god is not the will of god so the question is what has hijacked your mind what is hijacking your will what hijacks your emotion we talk about mood swing is a demonic attack is a battle of the enemy on your soul there's a reasoning behind it there are some thoughts behind it some of some of for some people is a thought and imagination of condemnation sense of unworthiness and i want every one of us to pay careful attention to what i'm saying because there's an attitude that i see in the body of christ when it, when a pastor is preaching this they their mind is all about the place or they're trying to make up some stuff and they say no i'm aware of this I'm, i know this i know this pay attention amen we should pay careful attention to things i'm saying this morning i've been meditating on this since the last week sunday because many Christians do can we, we, we are not reflective. We don't take our time to carefully assess, evaluate our life, and ask my ask ourselves questions. I mean, what is hindering me from becoming who God has called me to be? Ask yourself questions. We are accustomed to looking at what is outside, what is happening somewhere. We put our nose in what does not what does not, what does not concern us. Now, if many believers can see the strategies, the tactics, the whilst of the enemy against their life, so many gossiping will not be happening. Many prognosing will not be happening. A lot of fight, a lot of insult, and um, that people that are Christians haul at themselves on on, on 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 social media will not be happening. Amen. People call, some people, Christians call some other people narcissistic and all kind of stuff. And it, it, the sad thing is that many people who build a, who, 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 who rage, who rage and, 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 and vent anger towards their narcissistic spouse are quite narcissistic too. So it is important, I felt in my spirit too, it is important that I take my time. Actually, this is what I felt to do, first of all. I was trying to put in more content this morning i think i'm just gonna do it as holy spirit leads me because the the the, the, the number one objective for of this teaching is to help you guys recognize that you there's a warfare and to recognize how the devil is fighting you amen and the devil does does not only attack you via your thoughts and imagination he also uses people against you Amen. People come to your homes. People come into your life. They, they speak death over your life. Turn your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8. I already said, And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless uh of the lawless for that for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard the immorality in one in sodom at that time was so was so huge that the bible says it tortures 
the soul of Lot. So some, for many of when and kids should listen to this, teenagers listen to this. Many of you have smartphones. Some movies you watch, some pictures your friends share with you, they are destroying your soul. So friends, the battlefield is in your mind and your soul. The battlefield is in your mind and your soul. Your mind from the point of the thoughts that are raging against you. And they come from any direction, any dimension. So when young people, when you try to debate whether you should listen to a secular artist whose song is very, is very ungodly, filthy. So what you should bear in mind is when you're listening to filthy songs of feeding on evil images in videos and men, I want men to listen to this as well because pornography is becoming kind of like the order of the day now, right? And many people are being desensitized to it. They don't want to see anything. They don't see anything wrong with it. I guess, and our boys are, and our boys, so our parents are thinking, uh, but yeah, uh, the, the boys are aware of what's going on there. I guess, right. So, so what you don't know is, is when they say, when people share with you images of, all manner of filthy images, you have, you are opening up your soul to the dart, to the axe, to the punches, to the, to, to, to the missiles, to the RPGs of the devil. Amen. It's one thing to be, to be a Christian. It's another thing to live, to experience true freedom in Christ. It's one thing to be Christian. It's another thing, it's another thing to experience true freedom in Christ. To walk freely, free of anxiety and depression and ungodly and evil desires. So thoughts, imaginations come into our mind. They rage in our minds. You know, when 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, was talking about strongholds, he said that the power, I'm, next week I'm going to go into uh, the power of God, you know, uh, the weapons of our warfare. I, I think I feel in my heart to do justice to explain those things to you guys. Uh, but let, let, me, let me kind of pack it uh, this Sunday to, to, to do as, as, as good job as possible, to do, to do my best, to help us see, recognize, the, the operations of satanic operations, the operations of Satan in our lives. Amen. So, uh, your mind, your soul is the seat of the battleground. God wants you and I to live a victorious Christian life. So, you, you, you can be a Christian, born again, saved. Heaven is your destination, praise the Lord. Right? But at the same time, the kind of lifestyle you live, right, might depict Satan glorified. Then some Christians, you know, some have come to me and asked me questions why God, why God has not destroyed some Christians who are living ungodly life. Why God will not send them to hell. I know man have conversations that I've had, I mean, of topics and questions I've had to address. But I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, it's one thing for you to be saved, it's another thing for you, for you to live a, a victorious Christian life. Friends, you see, abstaining from sin is not for the benefit of anybody, of anybody else. It's for your it's not for the benefit of your pastor of, of God. It's for your own benefit. Because the devil will ensure that it ruins your soul, that you are you know. <laughs> 
if we were born around the time I was born, if you were born in the early 80s, right? Please don't try to calculate my age. If you were born in the early 80s, go back and think about some uh, music artists, is that what they call them? Some pop artists. When in the early 90s, pop artists who were given, whose who songs, songs, works is stark on godliness, sexual immorality. I don't want to mention their names. So if you're born around, if, you, if you're born around the 80s and the 90s, you were probably, uh, mid-90s, probably in secondary school there about uh, with me and we, we sing a lot of the songs back then. Now, go back and watch, so with, how many years now? Seven, like 20 years now, right? Go back and watch the life and observe the life of those people who were pop artists that were listening to their songs, whose, whose, uh, whose job is stuck on godliness. Go and check their life and point at one out of tens of them whose life is reasonable. Friends, so you cannot give yourself to, to immorality, right, and expect you will live a quality life. You cannot give yourself to ungodliness and expect you will live a quality life. So you may be getting away with it now, but you do know what the enemy is doing? The enemy is building a territory in your mind. So when the Bible says to you in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, that, uh, 4 down to 5, that, you know, you know we, let's go back, where is it? Sorry, my glasses. Let's go to that 2 Corinthians. So when verse 5 says, we've demolished argument, sorry, uh, verse 4, it said, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. And strongholds there, like I've been trying to explain to us, are very related to our thoughts and our thinking, our imaginations. So strongholds here refers to your mind, your soul, an established way of thinking. Let me define it for you. Stronghold is an established way of thinking. It is a way of thinking contrary to God that the enemy has implanted into your life. And it didn't come overnight to plant it in your life like some people say, you know, when they, when something, something, something slept, the enemy came in the night to sow tears. All these things are, they're not correct. So they said things like the enemy came to do an evil in your life. Most of the problems we fall into today are thoughts and imaginations we've been entertaining over time, over many years, then which created, a, which was creating an opening door and which was opening a door for the enemy into our life. And when the door was opening, no, the enemy came and struck. So many problems that many Christians are into today is as a result of the door they opened for the enemy. And they keep running from deliverance to deliverance. And the unfortunate thing is that many Christians are still opening the door for the devil, yet seeking deliverance. Until you shut the door on the, the enemy, don't seek deliverance. Because the case, the situation, your situation keeps getting worse and worse. It gets to the point that many believers begin to think that God is against them. God does not like them. You know, God is angry at them. Or God has favorites. And all manner of things that people begin to think of because... They are not seeing results in their life. But, but one of the reasons why they are not seeing results in their life is because they are still opening the door to the imaginations, the lies of the enemy. Thoughts of condemnation. You are not good enough. God does not love you. God does not like you. You need to fast and pray for God to have mercy on you. Altar, all manner of altar of this, altar of that. Anointing for this, anointing for that. These things rob people of their blessings. Now, I've taken it to church a little bit. Because one of the other ways that the enemy attacks you and keeps you captive in order not to, 
in order to prevent you from experiencing the joy and the peace God has given to you is through religion. True religion. Friends, if you're not ready to face the truth of the gospel and learn to walk in the, in the real gospel, the enemy will use people to deceive you. He will use people to deceive you. Friends, I hope you are paying careful attention. I hope you are paying careful attention. Many of you have had these messages for many years. But what I see in the life of many Christians, even some of us in service today, tells me that you've not gotten this message. Especially in, a, in an area of your life that I'm aware, aware of that is perpetual. That I, can, I can see the enemy in operation continually. So quiet time should not be an option for, the, for, for a believer. Every believer must learn to withdraw to themselves and to spend quality time with God. I'll rather I'll say learn to be conscious of God. Ask God questions. Many of us today we are stable. Next week we are unstable. Today we are we're in one church. Tomorrow we are in another church. Today we are, we, are, we are sensitive. So they said something. They did something to me. And we are not stable. Many of us, when we are supposed to be empowering people, pushing people, we are soaking up. So how do we expect to live the victorious lifestyle? Because the enemy is planting things in our mind and we are enjoying, we are, we are accommodating him. I feel in my heart that there's more that I've not even touched on. In helping you to understand the tactics, the strategies of the enemy, the wiles of the devil used against you. There's a lot, there are tons of them. They are so subtle, you know, seemingly unrecognizable because culture has made it seem part of life. Even when the enemy is trying to tell you that you can have different gender, but okay, there are two sexes, but you can identify with any gender. Do you not know that the enemy is trying to pour a, an evil desire in you? Asking you to, to embrace an emotion that you are not wired for. It's a lie of the devil. It was trying to make you unstable in your life. Then we have kids in school who are identifying as a cat. And it's causing nuisance in school. Parents, are you not sensitive? Are you not thinking that when a child begins to identify with animals, we have a problem? But the media and the government are empowering you to, you know, to, you know they are, oh my goodness. We're in a battle, we're in a warfare. Young girls, listen to me. The enemy is telling you that you're, you're not beautiful enough. So you need to strip yourself on social and take a selfie of yourself and send it to someone. And if they like it, they comment, then that means you are beautiful. Do you not know that the enemy is, in, is filling you with desires to make you open yourself to all manner of sexual desire that will ruin your life? The same thing, boys. It's putting images in your hand and telling you to do certain things. Are you not recognizing that something wants to hijack your mind and make you do the things you don't want to do or the things that you know you should not do? So when I say fight for your life, I'm telling you that there are things that want to hijack your soul, hijack your mind, hijack your life. Some are already in your life and you need to hold your ground and say, and say to yourself, using the power of God, we'll get into that next week, that I will not give in to this. I will not allow the enemy to steal my life. So the devil wants to use you as an instrument. See, just the way God wants to you, you want to walk through you to, to show the world is kindness, is love. 
the enemy so wants to use you to, to misrepresent God to people. Because as long as you are bound by sin, which is bound by the devil, you cannot be a good testimony or testament. Is that what? You cannot be a good witness to the freedom that is in God in Christ Jesus. Amen. If my life was bound with sin or by sin, I cannot come and represent and, and showcase the goodness of God to you guys. So there's no such thing as being careless as to how you live your life. There is a war going on. There is a fight. Many of us are not even fighting. So the enemy is just having a way. And I'm going to teach us how to fight next week. So the enemy is just having a few days. Because you don't recognize that those desires, those thoughts, those imaginations are operations of darkness. So, because you have lived in it for many years, you are not even you are not even standing. You are not even contending. And many of us is because we we cannot see the value in our life. We can't see how valuable your life life is. Do you know that Jesus came to die for you? Jesus Jesus saw your life so valuable that he came to die for you. So I think the prayer we should start saying for many of us is to be able to see the value in us that Jesus sees in us. That God saw in us that he came to die for us in the person of Jesus. Because if your life was worthless, Jesus would not come and lay down his own so that you can have yours. It was an exchange of life. God saw your life so worthy, so beautiful, so colorful, so meaningful, so significant that he said, no, Jesus, go die for this guy because go die for this lady because this guy is precious. And Jesus saw your life so precious and he laid down his own so that you can be resurrected. You can be raised to life. And we are coasting in life and allowing the devil to have a few days in our life. So as I shall now, go think about this. Do you even value your life at all? Can you say the what and the value you carry? Can you recognize that anything that tends to hold you bound is an oppression of darkness and you should not allow it? Can you go into your Bible and read and see what God has given to you in Christ Jesus and look at your life if you are experiencing what God expects you to experience, what God died for, for you to experience the peace, the joy. If you're bound by anxiety, fear, fear of death, and all kind of stuff, this is the enemy having a few days in your life, holding you captive, hindering you from becoming who God has called you to be. I've dealt with a few young people who have been taken to therapists. They've been given some heavy demonic medication that's affecting their sight. Their, you know, and they bring the matter to me and I say, no, this matter is not medication matter. Young boy, young lady, what have you been thinking about? Tell me the, four, the, your four, the, the top four fears in your life. And we start replacing those fearful thoughts in their mind. And their lives start changing. No need of medication. Parents, wake up! You join the medical services to put your children on antidepressants. You are a teenager. A teenager is on antidepressant. And the parent is, is watching, cannot see the hand of the devil, cannot un- recognize that this is oppression of darkness and reverse the oppression of darkness, not by prayer, but by removing that demonic thought and imagination of darkness in their mind, working with the child and Bible-believing believers to bring down those, strong, those strongholds. I'm going to get in the next, next week. 
I'm not criticizing parents. We allow all manner of nonsense through our Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney, all manner of evil that you know that tortures the soul of our children. They begin to take in the desires. Because those movies are created, they are created in such a way that they can feel what is being portrayed to them. You allow ungodly friends to come into your home and display some ungodliness. Do we know that all of these things are the strategies of the enemy to hold your life bound? So we, as I showed up, which among us here, if you're watching it, which who among us here is... Is struggling with a desire that they've not experienced, seen, watched, had, or experienced. If it was never done to you, experience and one way or the other, you cannot struggle with it. To be continued next week. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that as we go this week, our eyes of understanding is enlightened to see how the enemy is taking advantage of us, to see the battles in our lives, to recognize them. Lord, we pray that our hearts will be prepared to receive next week as you walk us through, even to start working with us, to, to steer our heart to be ready to fight, to hold our ground, to secure our life, to secure the joy and the peace you've given to us, to destroy the strongholds in our hearts, in our life, in our minds. Lord, I pray that your people, in the name of Jesus, will recognize that there's a fight going on and not live careless life. I pray for parents for understanding wisdom to hold, to secure the territory of their homes and not allow the enemy to ruin the minds and the lives of their, kid, of their kids in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.